Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Informed Catholic Podcast. My name is Ned Jabbar. <clears throat> this is going to be the um, liturgical readings for uh, the third week of Easter, Monday, third week of Easter. So uh, let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Good Shepherd has risen, who laid down his life for his sheep and win- willingly died for his flock. Alleluia. And so we go into the uh, act of penance. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, and through my grievous fault. Therefore I ask Blessed Mary ever Virgin and all the angels and saints and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri Elysion, Christe Elysion, Kiri Elysion. And now we'll say the uh, the Gloria. I know it's not part of the uh, the usual uh, weekday uh, practice, but why not? <laughs> Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ. With the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that putting off our old self with all its ways, we may live as Christ did. For through the healing paschal remedies, you have conformed us to his nature, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. So the first reading is going to be from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6, verse 8 and 15. They could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. A reading from the Holy Acts of the Apostles. Stephen, filled with grace and power, was working great wonders and signs among the people. Certain members of the so-called synagogue of freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and people of Sicilia and Asia, came forward and debated with Stephen, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. Then They instigated some men to say, We have heard him speaking blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people, the elders, and the scribes, apprehended him, seized him, and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They presented false witnesses who testified. This man never stopped saying things against this holy place and the law, for we have heard him claim that this Jesus the Nazarene will destroy this place, change the customs that Moses handed down to us. 
All those who sat in the Sanhedrin looked intently at him and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The responsorial psalm is from Psalm 119, verse 23, 24, 26, 27, 29, and 30. And the response is, and I'll combine it with the Alleluia, Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Alleluia. Though princes meet and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Yes, your decrees are my delight. They are my counselors. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Alleluia. I declare my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. And I will meditate on your wondrous deeds. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Alleluia. Remove from me the way of falsehood and favor me with your law. The way of truth I have chosen. I have set your ordinances before me. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Alleluia. Next uh, is the um, gospel. Alleluia, alleluia. One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Praise to you, Lord. Do not work for food that perishes, but for food that endures for eternal life. After this, Jesus had the five thousand. His disciples saw him walking on the sea. The next day, the crowd that remained across the sea saw that there had been only one boat there. And Jesus had not gone along with his disciples in the boat but only his disciples had left. Other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they had eaten the bread when the Lord gave thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you. You are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, uh, we're now in the third week of Easter, and uh, we're still not able to go into our churches. We're still not able to participate in liturgy. Uh, we're still not able to receive the sacraments. We've been, I hate to say it, but deprived of this. 
And I think, honestly, I agree with people that I think some rather hasty um, decisions were made. Um, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but there's some doctors now in California who are saying that um, that the quarantine is not a good thing. There's also talk that light, ultraviolet light, or at least sunlight, can actually kill the virus. And that gives us vitamin D, sunlight. We we receive some of our vitamin D, which helps our immune system. Anyway, they also, the idea of quarantine people is not good for the immune system, which probably explains why people, I think, suffered a lot of colds and sicknesses in centuries past, because during winter time they they stayed in their huts and tents, and um, uh, plague spread faster that way. Anyway, so um, the readings, um, I I like. I always had a, a fascination with the Saint Stephen because he was the first martyr. And uh, it's very interesting because there's something that's the beginning, basically, because the word martyr, we get the word witness. Witness and martyr are the same thing. In Greek, uh, one who gives testimony, one who gives testimony to Christ and bears witness and dies for the gospel. And the most fascinating thing is, of course, is that with the Christian martyrs, it's not the same as what you call like the a Muslim martyr. Um, Islam is a religion that doesn't turn the other cheek, obviously. And they um, there's like two houses of Islam. One of them, of course, is the house of war. Okay. And that basically is one of the things that makes Islam different. With Christianity, it's not violence because our Savior, the founder of our faith, um, did not, was not a warrior. He He didn't have a sword in his hand. One of his apostles, Peter, tried to. You know, he had a sword on him and our Lord simply, I mean, told him, that he who lives by the sword shall perish by the sword. And, you know, when Peter struck the Malchus, uh, the high priest's servant, cut off his ear, our Lord picked up the ear and healed him. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, I don't know if that's the first, the only account. Obviously, it is the only written account of Jesus fixing an amputated body part, <laughs> which is amazing. And I'm sure he's probably done uh, probably more uh, serious healings um, of people. Um, there's never been anything about him growing someone's limb back, but I do believe it. We we know that he gave man an, uh, eyes in John's Gospel, the part where he spat on the ground and took some like mud from his spittle that he makes with his spittle and put 
eyes gave the man eyes because the man was born with no eyes. That's why people couldn't recognize him. And that's why the term, he opened up my eyes. The man was born deformed with no eyes. I mean, it's, you know, it's obvious. But in the case of Stephen, Stephen was the first martyr. And that was the beginning of the martyrdom, the 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 apocalyptic uh, part of the church. After Stephen's death, the church spread like seed throughout all the four corners of the earth. And all they wound up with was with more Christians, with more, with more of the religion spreading even further. And... Um, the most fascinating thing, it's, it's because one of the things that happened in that religion is that we have also a young Pharisee, a scribe, who took part in his murder. We're going to come, we're going to be introduced to St. Paul. And St. Paul is going to basically encourage and participate in this murder. And he's going to hunt down Christians. He was a persecutor of the church. Most likely, possibly, he had Christians executed and people were terrified with, of Paul. They didn't want to meet Paul because this man persecuted the church. And we're going to be introduced to his conversion. Um, now, in the gospel, we are introduced, we're taken back to Capernaum. And in Capernaum, Christ is about to introduce his body and blood, the Eucharist. He's going to give the sermon on the Eucharist. He's going to tell the world that, that he is the bread that comes down from heaven. And now, interesting to note, he uses a term there that upon the Son of Man is the seal of the Father. The seal of the Father well, bakers at one time used to put a stamp on their bread. You know, that. so the seal of the Father, the Father put his seal, his stamp on the Lord Jesus. Because Jesus is the Eucharist. Jesus is the only... Um, the only one who, uh, who in the whole world who was born without sin and the seal of the father means that he's the one who can, who can be a sacrifice, an atonement, who can forgive our sins. And that's part of it. Anyway, um, just one more thing, basically. Uh, well, let's see if, um, what's going to happen after this week. Uh, probably after this week, because I'll have to go back to work um, starting next week. This will be the end of my, uh, this is actually not a quarantine for me, but it's a quarantine and my vacation, unfortunately. <laughs> so um, I'm going to continue doing the podcasts, don't worry. And I will um, probably not 
be able to do the liturgical readings, unfortunately, and going into the fourth week, but I will uh, continue doing um, commentaries on the um, on basically what's going on, the events that's happening. I'm sure uh, some of you have heard about the reports about the, what's going on with the SSPX, uh, the Society, I believe, St. Pius X. Um, I believe that's their name, um, but um, they um, they are unfortunately been exp um, ridiculed with scandal. Unfortunately, they've been infiltrated with this sexual scandal that's been going on. Unfortunately, and it's sad. Um, they're a very conservative group. Uh, if you go on Church Militant, you'll see the report um, narrated by Christine Niles. There's also um, you'll you'll see some podcasts. Once you once you look it up on YouTube, you'll see related reports coming with it. Um, Michael Voris, Christine Niles, and unfortunately, the the Society of Saint Pius the Tenth, begun by Archbishop Lefebvre. Um, unfortunately, yes, they are conservative and they do serve the Latin Mass, but I'm not too sure exactly what forced the bishop to um, break away and ordain four bishops uh, against Pope St. Pope John Paul II's approval. Um, but I believe that unfortunately that um, ugly serpent of sin infiltrated the order and they're very secretive. I think greed probably infiltrated, which causes a lot of sin to spread. Um, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot. Unfortunately, I know a lot of SSPX people are very angry about this. But being conservative does not necessarily mean, uh, even though a lot of people want to have access to the, the Latin Mass, being or uh, conservative doesn't necessarily always applies to holiness. Um, you know, there's a saying about if you about an instrument. I think it's an old Buddhist or Eastern proverb: if the string is too tight, it will snap; if it's too loose, it will not play. Well, we can say the same thing about orthodoxy: if it's too tight, you're a Pharisee, and you're rigid. And if it's too loose, um, you're open up uh, to heresy. Basically, you can be a heretic in both ways. You can be a, you can be so pious, uh, so rigid. Not pious. I won't say the word pious, but rigid. That you are beyond mercy and forgiveness, and you could be too loose. So loose, you can become like someone like. Father James Martin and other groups that are willing to tolerate sin because you think the church should be more accessible, should talk in the language of the time and not be so judgmental. Well, we need to follow Christ. Orthodoxy means following Christ. It means sticking to the right way, but not without compassion, love, and mercy. Not without you know, holiness. You need to be holy. Anyway, we're going to end it here. And um, we'll just end it with an Our Father. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. So God bless and uh, I'll be back with you soon. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit.